Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Beyond the Present Podcast. My name is Daniel Muggan. I'm joined here live by Pujix from Toronto, Canada. Hey there, my man. How's it going? Life's great. How are you? Well, we're doing pretty fine here. And Emmy is back for yet another great show. Emmy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? We are doing all wonderful and terrific. And guess what, guys? Today, our topic... Once we first heard about it, I literally was baffled. Like, what the heck? I mean, I, I've never heard such a terminology. And Pujix, what was that term again? Oh, the super bug. Super yeah, well, bug. I mean, literally. Yeah. And that's not the bugs that you think like in computer science or whatever. This is super bug. <laughs> it's a cool terminology. <laughs> and guess what? Emmy knows a lot about it. So, Emmy, please tell us right off the bat, what is a super bug? So um, a super bug. So when we're talking about those, those are, uh, I guess, just like a general term for microorganisms that are resistant to any kind of um, antimicrobials or anything that, you know, was meant to kill them. And so to look at super bugs or microorganisms, that could be anything like most people think of bacteria, but that can also include um, fungus, viruses, parasites. And so this is actually becoming like a really big global concern for everyone that the appearance of these superbugs is going to be a big health health risk for a lot of people. Interesting. So it's a health risk. Is it just for animals or for humans or both? Uh, so it's for basically everybody. So a lot of a lot of the especially with bacteria, we find that a lot of them are shared between animals and us. So especially in the food industry, so like cows, chickens, pigs, a lot of those things can be shared, you know, passed back and forth between people and animals. So it's definitely not just a risk for like human health, but like animal health and all that. So it's all interconnected. It's a really big, really big issue. Interesting. And beyond the present podcast, we are so much focused on the concept of futurism and what happens in the future. So um, do you think this issue of superbugs is going to be a serious problem in the future? Is going to be the new Ebola or something? <laughs> so not just the, not even... So, you know, everyone's always scared about like things like Ebola and stuff, but like this could be, this is like as big of a threat that something simple like um, Staphylococcus or E. coli could be killing people again. Um, This is, this is predicted to be like one of, like one of the three greatest threats to global health. This is like predicted by the World Health Organization. So within the next, like, you know, they're expecting that we may have like an era within this century where antibiotics might not be useful anymore. Oh my goodness. So, and, and listen, uh, was it was like a century or a, or a, or a decade. Like this is, this is within, I guess the 21st century. Oh my goodness. Go ahead. Pujix. So out of curiosity, what are the other two big ones? I think one of them is Donald Trump. One of them is Donald, isn't that one of them is Donald Trump, right? <laughs> Donald, yeah. Donald Trump, like nuclear fallout, like, you know, anything like that or, um, famine and like global warming oh my goodness so uh right now we are talking about a serious health problem that might make uh antibiotics useless in the future that's a serious issue but with that being said do we currently have these super bugs uh, basically all around the world or we're going to have to experience some of these things in the future so we're definitely seeing that already um some of the biggest things i think um, most people might have heard before is like mrsa or vre so those are uh, name. So MRSA stands for methylene-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, and then VRE is vancomycin-resistant enterococci. And basically, those um, methylene-resistant and um, vancomycin-resistant is a really big issue because those are technically like the the biggest like the biggest antibiotics we have. Like those are like the hard hitters. And so if we're already having 
bacteria that are resistant to those, it's kind of like there's not much else we can really do to tackle them. Like there's nothing else that's really effective. So we're already seeing that and that these kind of infections are becoming more and more common, especially in hospitals. You know, if you have someone that's sick there and then every other person that comes in, you know, that they're usually, you're not going to a hospital because you're in good health. So they're more susceptible to these kind of infections. And then once they get them, it's really hard to treat them. One question, are superbugs just bacteria or we also have viruses that, that could be called superbugs? Um, we could technically have viruses as well. So um, not that not that we're seeing those as quickly, and it's mostly because the way that we uh, treat viruses, we don't have many like antivirals, but you see things, um, we can see it with vaccines. So with people who aren't vaccinated, we have like viruses, um, I guess, basically, you know, pro- proliferating within them, they're able to mutate. So then they start to be, get more and more virulent. And you know, that's another way that you could get it. But we see it more so with um, microorganisms that are alive, like bacteria, just because they are alive and they are able to multiply at a much faster rate. So we are seeing the resistance much quicker than we would say with like um, anti like parasites or viruses. Wow. You know, I'm going to sound like an idiot asking this question because I had no idea what exactly is the difference between like a bacteria as well as a virus. I mean, I know we have this thing called uh, good bacteria that are necessary and like our body is riddled and filled with bacteria basically. But generally, the, like people say like you have this disease because of bacteria and you have this one because of viruses. So uh, as uh, a vet who has a lot of experience in this field, uh, what is the difference between uh, somebody getting sick by bacteria bacteria versus somebody getting sick by viruses? Um, so I guess first to look at viruses so, or viruses is basically viruses aren't something that you would normally not as commonly find within a human host or any kind of host for that matter. Those they're, they absolutely need a host in order to replicate. So on their own, they can't reproduce. Whereas like bacteria and other things for the most part can live outside of a host. Viruses are really just DNA and protein that's all there is to them and so they they just use that and they hijack um, either a human or an animal's body to replicate mm-hmm. Whereas bacteria they are living in the sense like they have more components to them and they are able to reproduce on their own but it's when they also kind of take advantage of the host and replicate for their own self and that's where they start to get like symptoms of diseases. I guess too, I should probably backtrack. Um, when we're looking at bacteria, so like you had mentioned, we do have healthy bacteria that are a part of us. That's so right. those are more like ones work together. Then there's ones that kind of fall in a gray area, which I would call opportunistic. So these are ones that you can actually find like living, living on a host and living like without causing disease. So um, one of the ones I mentioned earlier, Staphylococcus. So that's something that we can usually find on the skin of of people and animals. But like, let's say we have an open wound. Um, One of the common things we find in hospitals is burn victims. So obviously like there's trauma to the skin. If they're introduced to that, they can cause really bad infections there. So again, it's not that they always cause disease, but given the right settings, they can. So opportunistic. And then there's ones which is, virulent or pathogenic. So those are the ones, once they're introduced to a body, that's when they kind of don't work together in harmony with the host mm-hmm. and they're more their benefit. And that's where you get like diseases and symptoms because of the things that they're wrecking it. Like they're not working in harmony with your body. So that causes just 
stress and immune response, et cetera, Interesting. Et cetera. That's a good one. Let me just first go to Pujas here. Pujas, how health conscious are you in general? I mean, like, uh, do you like get sick often with these, I don't know, viruses and bacteria or something? Well, I hope not the super ones. <laughs> we're not going to talk about those in a moment, like how we can actually prepare ourselves for them. But like, think of the normal bugs, the typical Coolio right. bugs, not the super ones. So uh, okay. like, are you generally health conscious? And uh, do you think you get sick a lot because of these things, bacteria or virus? And if so, to which your body is more susceptible, basically, in terms of getting sick? Right. Well, I don't. Yes, I, I am health conscious. I do tend to. Uh, take care of myself because I generally like probably like everybody else. I don't like to get sick. I don't know if anybody. I've never met that person who wants to get sick. Oh, trust me, I know a lot of people who love. You know what? You know what? I know some people who love to get sick. You know why? Why? Because of the attention, dude. I mean, these guys love the attention of their family members or whatever. That's, like that's they they thing. adore that stuff I, and like they just want to get sick. I actually, yeah. Now that you mention it, there was actually another group, and that's when the exam is approaching and you're not prepared. <laughs> you that's right. <laughs> Getting all those all things right. days off, yeah. right? So true, so yeah. true. Well, so, but uh, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I don't, so, so one of the things that is, I think, in recent years was more obvious to me is that because I am more in public and I'm constantly uh, way more than like a long, uh, I don't know, five, six years ago, I'm reliant on public transport, I'm in public much more. I'm in contact with uh, with with younger students who I teach, for example, um, and all that. I I see that I get uh, minor sicknesses more often wow. than I used to. That is true. I, I mean, again, all of these reasons that I gave are just my hypotheses. It's not like scientifically proven that that's the reason because I'm getting more like sick. Like you little just- naughty boys, because I'm getting <laughs> sick all the time. You freaking students. That's possible. <laughs> I'm not saying just them. It's like a bunch of things that have increased in my life in the past couple of years or so that I think, uh, yeah, but uh, overall, yes, I am very health conscious. And I. And one and question, I also, uh, I'm not sure if you've gone to doctors when you got sick, like uh, most of your diseases, are they caused by like viruses or like by bacteria? Yeah, that is a good question, actually. That's a good question for M, I guess. Have you ever, like, have you ever gotten any, uh, let's say, uh, diagnostics for this matter? myself yes to get the you know the, the, well, the first thing the doctor says like yeah. oh yeah you, you guys got serious problems because of bacteria uh unfortunately for better or for worse i don't really know but i tend to not go to doctors in the first instances of any uh symptoms wow. uh, in a hope that it just passes away dude what was the last time that you went to a doctor i'm actually curious was last 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 winter actually February. L- holy moly the last winter oh my gosh yeah. well wow. I'm, and i'm talking about I'm, so i don't i'm not considering dentists or anything like that that's just like you doctors. probably haven't got any diagnosis buddy i got it so let's move on to emmy emmy yeah, in so general i do have yeah. That's right. That's right. I mean, in general, do the majority of the diseases uh, basically do they come because of vi- uh, viruses or bacteria in general? Um, so I guess that also depends on like the area, like the region you're in, and the time of the year too. So like you would say, like right now in North America in the winter time when it starts to get cold, we do see like more viral diseases. Mm-hmm. Like so, like your, your common cold or your flus. Um, but you can also see, I guess, around this time too, you can see more like strep throat, which is bacteria. So mm-hmm. it it very it depends very much. But I guess I would say that because bacteria is much more common and like much more numerous than for viruses, you probably have much more of a chance of getting certain bacteria infections. Um, actually, I'm just trying to like, and I guess back to your earlier note, you were asking about like how, how much of an issue this is. I was just checking the CDC doing some like live fact checking, but so 
it, within the U.S., two, nice. two million people get antibiotic-resistant infections, and then 23,000 people die from oh them. Oh, my. In which year was it? In, uh, this year? Um, this is most, yeah, most recent. Uh, I guess I think this is 2017. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's a serious issue, obviously. And uh, since you talked about the superbugs, uh, and before I go any further to talk about how we can pre prevent this from happening, uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, developing resistance to antibiotics, uh, basically. I mean, what exactly is that? I mean, I heard one of my friends uh, told me not to take a lot of antibiotics because he said, like, if you take a lot of it, at some point your body will somehow develop a resistance to it. Is that true? Like, uh, the, the more, uh, let's say, antibiotics we take, the worse it gets, or it's, it's actually pretty okay from your perspective? So um, I guess I think one of the common misconceptions with antibiotic resistance. So um, antibiotic resistance is kind of different than antimicrobial because mm. antimicrobial is a very broad spectrum. It can, but antibiotics is specifically for um, bacteria and fungus. So when you when you take antibiotics, it's not that your body itself is getting resistant to it. It's the bacteria that you're trying to target is what becomes more resistant. Mm -hmm. So because they're living, they, um, because they're living, they, you know, they can evolve, they have, they have genetics and they can get mutations. And part of the reason is like where this resistance comes from is they develop mechanisms to either avoid, like, um, one of the common things is called, they have pumps. So wow. bacteria, if you think of it as it has like a membrane inside is like the cell, um, they have these pumps lined in their membrane so that if they take in a drug, instead of letting the drug, you know, do damage and destroy the cell, it's able to pump it back out so it won't, it won't, like, it's basically ineffective. It can recognize what the, what these antibiotics look like, and then it can say, oh, nope, not dealing with that. So we can either get rid of it, break it down. So, and because bacteria, they're, they're kind of a little promiscuous, so they can share they can share these genetics with other bacteria. So mm -hmm. then, more more them get this resistance over time. So when you're if you're not able to kill these bugs off, then they're able to either grow on, pass it on. So that's why I think bacteria is kind of the the major concern when you think about antimicrobial resistance. That's right. Just because of how adaptive they become. That makes sense. Very well. So before I move any further, Pujas, do you have any questions from Emmy before I talk about how to actually deal with these super bugs? Yeah, I actually do have a question, but that is in the context of how you deal with superbugs. Fantastic. So you, you go on and all that. That's after. right, because that's the real issue. Okay. So, Emmy, how yeah. serious is the problem of superbugs? And if you were to portray a future right now, not, of course, by the end of the century, but let's say like in the next 10, 20 years, do you really think like we are going to like being uh, somehow in a serious uh, condition where we have to just uh, escape from this uh, disease and like we societies will be collapsed? Is it a serious problem as we see like in some of these Hollywood movies or? It's not that of a dire situation. Um, I would say it's like, you know, maybe not within like, maybe not within the next decade, but definitely like, I guess it's hard to say, like, you know, maybe speaking from like where we are in a like North America in a more developed nature, we may be okay just because of how our healthcare is set up. But in other regions, I think we would definitely be seeing much more like almost like apocalyptic type wow. threats. Like, apocalyptic. So <laughs> the oh biggest issue goodness. we see here is that um, with antibiotics, um, most of the ones that – so the original one, like if we remember like, you know, 1928 or so, like penicillin was discovered and, you know, then became like a drug, which was the first antibiotic. That was – they're originally found from – other microbes. So mm -hmm. this is something that we didn't like really make, but it's really hard to find these drugs naturally. So most of the ones that we have on the market now are just based off ones that we've already discovered. So it's really just like changing it a little like chemically and trying to make 
a little different. So because we're not finding any more drugs, it's basically once once these drugs are, you know, are useless, then that's basically it. Like we haven't really been having the same one question. Of I mean, isn't medicine supposed to somehow be always developing and get better all the time? I mean, why is it in a world so where we're trying to solve a lot of problems? Here. Why is it that we can like we so cannot find a solution lying here? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, so my question is lying here exactly where what Dan is talking about. And that, that question is basically this. So my understanding is that there is not much incentive in the pharmaceutical uh, companies or basically in the in the pub, uh, in the private sector to go for the very expensive next generation of antibiotics at this point. Yes. And, and, and then that is the discussion that people are saying that, okay, this has to become a public uh, government kind of issue, which is not turning to be apparently. Can, can you, do, do you have any ideas on that? Is that correct? Or Yeah, actually, pharm pharmaceuticals, um, they don't make a lot of money from antibiotics, you know, especially because it's like it's a drug that's really only supposed to be taken for a short amount of time. And because the it's almost like an arms race of trying to, you know, putting all this money into making a new synthetic one that isn't going to be that effective they've really it's you've seen a real big decrease in the amount of funding that goes towards antibiotic production and yeah even looking into like discovering new antibiotic like naturally occurring ones is almost impossible just because of how microbiology is and how how sneaky they are like how hard it is to actually isolate one compound from one type of bug it's yeah, it's really, it's not something that pharmaceuticals are really incentivized to look into. One question, we're on this, these incentives. Uh, are you saying that this issue is caused because it's not financially uh, feasible to actually go and create these drugs or because the these uh, companies themselves, they want to intentionally create this uh, hazard? I definitely think that they weren't intentionally trying to make this hazard, but I think that, um, I guess from, like, one factor of, of it is probably not enough funding going in from the phar pharmaceutical perspective, but I would say more of the challenge itself is just like the biology of finding these drugs like naturally and being able to actually market them. Mm -hmm. I think since, since like the seventies, um, I'm, at least I'm maybe not exactly sure on the timeline, but the most recent antibiotic that's been found, you know, since that whole antibiotic like discovery phase from the 1920s has been 2016 where they found like, the actual first discovery of a major antibiotic has been so there's really not a lot that's been able like not a lot moving forward just because it's so hard to actually do this and that's you know that's a whole microbiology lesson to go over but wow. i wouldn't say yeah i wouldn't say it's not purely because it's you know they're trying to make super bugs it's just kind of it's like really really hard <laughs> to to oh, do it interesting yeah so so the, the thing that i hear uh, uh, being said around whether that's true or not and that that is not again not intentionally creating these superbugs but that the fact that as you mentioned uh, the antibiotics are very short period of time and as you mentioned there's so many challenges to actually developing this the, these next generation of antibiotics the research the, the money that needs to go into it is so massive that it doesn't make any financial sense for a pharmaceutical company that is is well above everything else probably trying to sustain it so financially it wouldn't make any sense to do it so again there was an argument that this should fall into the public sector and the public sector should pick this up because it it will become a national and eventually worldwide crisis mm -hmm. uh, but that is not particularly happening either apparently 
No, and I think that's maybe more of like a reactive kind of action than uh, you know than a proactive one. So in, until it becomes a big issue, I don't know if the pressure is really on of how serious this could actually become. So you mentioned about this. We should right now portray an image of future, like how will this affect society? So we are seeing like people who are sick everywhere and like it's quite contagious because I'm not sure if bacteria are very contagious, are they? Yeah, they can be. Um, I guess it's hard, you, you know, it's hard to think about, but you know, you think of how much like, how like, you know, they say like, um, wash your hands after going to the bathroom or, you know, not coughing or sneezing into your hands. Or, you know, if you do like clean your hands after, like don't touch other surfaces. It's real. it's really that, that easy and simple. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest, um, areas that we see these, um, resistant bacteria we see the highest rates of infections tend to be in hospitals and that's because of contamination from other people and then mm-hmm. not being able to fully get rid of these resistant bacteria and so then when you have more people come in then they get infected by the same bacteria that they haven't gotten rid of before so wow serious problem obviously so now that we've depicted the future in which we have to be concerned about superbugs let us now talk about first finding a solution to actually get rid of them in the future. Because if you remember, we once talked about the whole anti-vexter syndrome and how people somehow don't want to get vaccinated or something. Uh, Could there at any point we be able to create vaccines against superbugs? Yeah, um, so I think that's definitely something, um, like we already do have vaccines that are targeted towards bacteria. Um, But I would say that with those, it tends to be much more tricky to get an effective one. So... I feel like that would be an alternative to having resistance to these bacteria than having to deal with treatment like antibiotics. So probably would be more looking into that. And then that is something that I think could be, you know, a little, at least more incentivized um, than anti than antibiotics just because of like, but even then like vaccines is not a very profitable market. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really That's tough. so true. You got to keep the patients coming. You got to give the patients coming. Uh, Oh my goodness. Never thought about the whole medical industry as like a business, man. Like literally, these guys need more patients. That's just so, I mean, think about like the pharmaceuticals, man. These guys yeah. are just ruining it. Look, I, I mean, I, in their defense though, I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not in love with them, but in their defense, I mean, ultimately they're doing so much good at the same time. And there are some problems that are not designed for the private sector. And they're designed for the public sector. There is a reason we have a public sector because there are some problems that need to be funded on a very massive scale. Well, so, so you know, you're I, right, I, but I, let's I be honest right now because right now you two guys are in Canada, right? I, I heard Canada has one of the best healthcare systems in the world, I heard. Very high quality. Right, right. But how about like a place like right now, Trump, think of Trump, right? He actually wanted to somehow get rid of the Obamacare basically and wanted to make basically healthcare private. And in many other countries, we do not have necessarily a very strong healthcare system. So how about those countries where they might not be able to uh, benefit from a very extensive and reliable uh, healthcare system. Yeah, but then in those countries, you don't, you wouldn't have a very reliable uh, pharmaceutical company and at least flourishing one either. So, so that's, that's the reason that, well, there is this, there's a whole discussion about healthcare in America. And finally people are, uh, you know, basically coming to this idea that, okay, this, this makes a little bit of sense. So let's move one step towards it, not all the way like Obamacare or something or whatever. So, so yeah, people are warming up to the idea because of the reasons that you're mentioning. But obviously, there are so many political obstacles here. 
Interesting. And speaking of super bugs, uh, Amy, how do you think, like in terms of the costs, the final costs of prevention or treatment, uh, do you think it's going to be a very expensive uh, procedure for the patients in the future or they really will need uh, the help of, let's say, health insurance companies to somehow deal with the problem? Oh, like, um, you know, already we're seeing just just alone with, like, the hospitalizations, like, not even taking into account, like, deaths. Like, this is billions of dollars in healthcare costs, right? Wow. Which is, like, not even just on the individuals, but, like, on the on the countries themselves. And you think of, like, how, how many people are sick and so, you know, not many people are working. Like, it, it all, it'll all stack up, too. And when you look into places where there's going to be more changes, like, drastic changes in climate, like, because of climate change, so more, like, you know, natural disasters, like flooding and anything like lead, that leads people to be more susceptible. So all these things kind of tie in together. Wow. Uh, we are portraying so- a huge apocalypse for humanity here. That's amazing. I just can't believe it. But overall, now that you mentioned all of these things, well, let us first it, it, talk it, it, about it. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, these are all the problems that are going to happen if we stay passive. It's not like there are no solutions. We always had problems. We had famine in the past we had a lot of other problems that we overcame but we did something about them exactly we need to do stuff about that precisely one of the things that are actually very perplexing these issues like i mean some somewhat climate change i suppose but technical technological disruptions or 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 super bugs or any none of these issues ever come up in political uh, debates for elections, which exactly. is actually perplexing because these are the most important problems. Well, because um, let's be honest, in our political campaigns, we don't talk about the severity of the issue and how, for example, things like yeah. superbugs. I mean, you and I both, we just, we've never heard about things like superbugs and how they can actually yeah, cause exactly. a yeah, havoc. A lot of people are not informed. True. Now, that's true. A lot of people are not informed either. That's also true. Hence the podcast, I suppose. Exactly. But, uh, but at the same time, there is also... The I think the short the sh- uh, the short uh, attention span of political systems, which is you're tr- trying to be elected for four years, in some cases two years or thereabouts, and it doesn't make sense to talk about problems that are ten, twenty, thirty, fifty years away. Although you would need a lot of incentives, like a Manhattan Project level incentive, to basically deal with these sort of problems Precisely. like climate change, like superbugs. Speaking yeah. of dealing with the problems, let's not talk about this issue. So M. You now scared us as well as our listeners. We are now literally, we are freaking scared. So what is the way out? What can we do? First of all, to prevent it from happening, if we can, and more importantly, how to deal with it once it occurs. So I guess like, you know, the biggest thing is the prevent, like the preventative care. And that's really like, you know, I guess from, from what you can do on an individual level is, you know, not, you know, taking, being more hygienic, like what, like washing your hands. I sounds silly, but yeah, washing your hands properly, you know, or using in, like hand sanitizer, but you know, debates on that. Um, even things like, um, you know, there used to be a trend of like people like feeling sick. They just wanted antibiotics. I think doctors are having much more pressure of, you know, not just handing out antibiotics willy nilly, like making sure it's actually a bacterial infection, not a viral one, because antibiotics wouldn't help for that. So you're just taking them for nothing. Um, making sure to finish uh, the course of antibiotics. So part of that is like if you if you are sick, and you are prescribed antibiotics. If you don't finish the dose, then you might not kill all of the bacteria that that are there. And so then those ones become resistant and then they, then they have a whole new population. So you're just adding to the resistance. Um, even things like not flushing the antibiotics down the 
down the toilet, like getting that into the water system, like having them leak into the environment, that's a big issue. So then you get more environmental resistant bacteria. Just little, little efforts that you can make, you know, also too, like if you're, you know, if your family members, anything like that kind of communication with them, making sure that they're aware, like, you know, follow doctor's instructions, like don't push for it if you don't need it. That's very nice. And by the way, you mentioned the finishing and flushing, and I just got a naughty thought right in my head right now. What about STDs? I mean, is there any link between STDs and like superbugs? Oh yeah, there is. There is. Um, I think there is like a super super gonorrhea. So that's really drug resistant. And so you know, I guess even then, when it comes to like having safe protect protective sex, you know, having getting tested regularly, making sure you don't like spread it to numerous partners. Interesting. Very well. So we do not need to any take uh, take any extra measures when it comes to, uh, for example, our uh, sex life in terms of being uh, more uh, basically aware of this matter. So just using uh, condom, are these things going to be sufficient? Or we have to take extra measures as well. I think con- I think condoms is probably the best best way to do it, just because there is that actual physical barrier of not you know not having it there. Um, getting tested between multiple partners, you know. Also, just I think people just being more comfortable having those discussions. You know, there's you know some people that are embarrassed to talk about it, and there's like you know kind of a stigma against it, but. You know, it's just, just like being any part, like, you know, you wouldn't be like ashamed, you know, I guess you think of it like, oh, sorry, I gave you the cold, you know, oh, sorry, I gave you gonorrhea, my bad. Oh. <laughs> That's it. And by the way, since we might not know about the details oh, here, no. because we're just talking about, of course, you mentioned using uh, basically condoms, but how about other things? How about, uh, you know, getting uh, somehow some sort of STDs where uh, by other means, let's say foreplay, uh, oral sex or other things. What else can we do in those regards from your perspective? Are, are those also uh, kind of dangerous? or the biggest problem is uh, the intercourse? I would say I think intercourse would be the biggest one. And then again, I guess too, because just because of like, actually, I guess there is such thing as oral oral ST, STIs as well. So anything where, you know, there's exposure to a mucosal membrane. So, you know, either mouth, anything like that. Whereas, or, you know, if you had a wound on your hand, like maybe not, maybe not use those fingers, et cetera. Interesting. <laughs> so number one, lesson number one, you got a wound on your hand. Don't use those fingers. Give it in your goddamn pocket. That's rule number one. Rule number two, use condoms. Rule number three, if you, if you want to go for the, you know, the whole thing, just say, Hey honey, you got a super bug or what? I'm going to be very pissed if you do. And then this will help you a lot to somehow save your life in the near future. But ultimately what you're really suggesting now, um, is for us to be more hygienic, basically, in our lives, in all aspects. That's pretty much what you're saying. For Especially with bacterial infections, I think it's the, at least, like, what the average person can do, for sure. Like, you think of, like, what the times were before penicillin was introduced, and, you know, infectious diseases was, like, the leading cause of death. And that improved over time as well with hygiene. But I think we've almost become too reliant on antibiotics being like, oh, if I get sick, like I can do this. But seeing as that might not be an option for much longer, you know, it's kind of having to think like, okay, I can't really just fall back on this. Like what else can I do to reduce my chances of getting sick? Interesting. Pusha, you got any questions before I go for the last question? No, no. So here's the last one from your perspective. If let's say we've done everything, we tried all these measures, precautionary measures, and we tried our very best. Boom, we got the goddamn superbug in our body. So is it like all the hopes are gone? Like, is it too late now or we can do something about it? 
So there's still like, as of right now, we still, um, we still have things to deal with it. Like, you know, like I said before, you know, out of 2 million hospitalizations, there was 23,000 deaths. So right now we're still, we still are able to, to manage it and we still are able to, but, um, I guess if, if we came to a point where antibiotics are no longer, um, no longer viable, like we might be seeing more increases of deaths, but I think there also is research looking into, other forms of drug, like antimicrobials. So um, I know there's like other kind of products like antimicrobial peptides is starting to be like the new hope or like, you know, the new, the new penicillin, which is something that's similar, similar to antibiotics, but it's more of like a small protein that also interferes with bacteria and other kinds of other kinds of like microorganisms. Um, Things like um, I know a lot of silver products, like, um, any kind of compounds, like more inorganic compounds, they're looking mm-hmm. at potential potential things to help with that. Antibiotics were like a more organic source, um, or at least originally. So there is hopes, but again, it's like the, the research is slow. There's not a lot going into it. And then, you know, even then looking into drug trials takes, you know, a number of years to actually get something approved. So you don't want to really rely on that just yet, but there is potential for something else in the future. That is wonderful. Such a great, great piece of information for us because I personally had no idea that these things actually existed, like superbugs. That's just incredible. So now we're at the end of the show. Let's try to actually wrap up the, the whole conversation and reach a final conclusion. So Pujix, you heard it. I heard it. And yes, we are both <laughs> scared shitless. So from your perspective, what is now your final conclusion? What are your own steps? And let's just uh, hear your final thought about this discussion. Yeah, I mean, my, my thoughts are a little bit more broader than the superbugs themselves. And that is, I mentioned, we have, we clearly have a political problem. Uh, and that is not to the United States. That is not to Canada. Worldwide. We are, we are having such a short uh, span of attention. And most of our most important issues and most uh, catastrophic issues are actually long-term issues rather than short-term. Exactly. So we need to start paying attention to those stuff as well uh, in our in our uh, decision-making in whether we want to elect this person into office or, or the other or whatever. Um, so these issues need to be considered voting for a person. Um, and, uh, and, and and superbugs are obviously one of them. And I, you're right. We're, we're terrified. That's a good thing to be terrified, not... Not terrified to the extent that you're like, okay, uh, paralyzed or something. We're going to die by superbugs, or if, if that's not going to happen, the climate change, or if not that, artificial intelligence, if not that, an asteroid will come hit me. <laughs> so I, I don't want to create that vision that it's a very uh, dystopian situation. We have no hopes, so or what's the point of living? Uh, th- these are problems. They have solutions. We just have to dedicate time and effort to them. Fantastic. So, M, after all of your great thoughts, what is now your conclusion about this discussion? Yeah, I know. You know, I felt that I was like, I guess because of my background, I, I definitely had a lot more exposure to this kind of topic, you know, even like a few years ago while I was still in my undergrad studying. So I'm kind of like desensitized to like, I'm like, you know, always in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to kill us all. Like, I get it. But I, I guess like even having this talk today, I kind of realized that like how much this idea is not like a 
general public kind of issue. Like, it's not something that more people are aware about. So I think, you know, part of, like, getting to Pujik's um, suggestion of, like, getting more involved at, like, a global, like, national level, like, getting governments and having politicians is having, you know, the public be aware that this is an issue that they should be concerned about. So, you know, getting that info out there, like, hey, do you even, like, what are the superbugs? Like, why, you know, wash your damn hands. Like, getting, getting getting that information out there and making sure people are more aware of it, I think is you know, a big step in getting, getting these, like getting the right politicians who are going to actually address these issues and looking at these long-term goals down the road. I think that's really like the biggest first step that we can do in trying to, trying to deal with this. Such a wonderful discussion. And I want to thank you so much, Emmy, for your great thoughts. It was, of course, a little bit at first intimidating, but generally I think we need these uh, these types of fear because it allows us to think uh, somehow twice about a lot of our decisions uh, from uh, voting to choosing people in uh, basically the uh, you know as presidents or as uh, politicians, more importantly about our personal uh, life and what we do in terms of our level of hygiene and many other factors. So it was really, uh, I think it was a tough call, but generally speaking, I, I personally would like to make a lot of changes in my life from now on, basically, for the fact that uh, superbugs can uh, pose a serious threat to not only us, but of course the future generation as well. So thank you very much for both of you, especially you, Emmy, for your great thoughts and ideas. Truly appreciate it. For sure. No, thanks for having me. Definitely. And of course, Pooja says, as always, you're the man behind the show and behind everything. So I truly appreciate your effort as thank well. Thank you. Thank you. And thank to you, all of you guys, for listening to our podcast every week and leaving your comments. So if you have any further ideas on how we can actually develop the show and uh, somehow create new topics and ideas, so please let us know on our website as well as on iTunes. And of course, if you're while you're at it, why don't you try to leave a ranking? We prefer five stars, obviously, and that will help us to reach a wider audience. This is all the time we have for. My name is Daniel Mulgan, and this was Beyond the Present Podcast. Thank you very much. Oh, 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 oh